Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Axiom Principle. I'm your host, Dr. G. I hope to have something a little bit interesting tonight. Uh, It's spurred from a a number of things that have been occurring over the last uh, few years, actually. Um, But I started to really take a look into uh, this particular topic about four or five years ago. See, I have a a 19-year-old son. Well, he will be 19 in a couple weeks anyways. And uh, my son, I wanted to prepare him for college because he has aspirations to get a doctorate, just like me but he wants to go into nuclear physics. So I I started looking around at the schools that would be most interesting and those that might be able to give him the degree he's looking for and for him to be successful. And, you know, just like any other parent to do the shopping, as you would suspect, looking at the different colleges that are available, trying to determine where he should go, what he should apply for, trying to help him get scholarships and all that. And uh, some interesting things have happened on college campuses that I think we're all aware of now. And uh, that's more of where I'm going to go with this rather than the preparation for college for your your children. So to start off, um, I do want to talk about a little bit about the college preparation uh, for kids. Because it's, you know, the first step. It's most important, right? So there's obviously you got to start around your sophomore, junior year. And you got to start looking at the colleges that will most likely get to your interests. One of the problems that I see uh, parents doing is promoting kids to go into fields of study or fields of interest where they just don't have an interest in the subject matter that they're being promoted into. For example, I know a couple of individual uh, young people, 18, 19, just out of college or just out of high school, that uh, their parents wanted them to go straight into like computer science or they want them to go into uh, engineering or design or architecture or something like that because there's good money to be made in those fields. Um, Problem with that is, is they had no interest whatsoever in any of those subjects. So would they actually be successful in those particular fields if they have no interest in the field to begin with? I can tell you that um, I've met people that are the flip side of that. They studied what they thought would be interesting, for example, chemistry and biology. And they end up working in an IT job that has nothing to do with either subject. So it, it all depends on where their interests lie. And of course, your interests can change as you further develop or you further go down the road of knowledge and understanding. Um, there are those of us, and I, I was one of these, that we have no idea once we get out of high school or clueless. What do I want to be when I grow up? I have no idea. What looks? I'll just fool it around and do something for a while. And that's uh, one of the reasons it took me so long to get my doctorate. 
doctorates is because I decided to have fun for a few years rather than pursue higher education. But this particular, you know, I've had a focus in my house of the importance of education and higher education and earning degrees. Uh, but there has been some changes on the campuses that are very concerning to me. So I thought it would be very cool, or interesting at least, for those of us that have kids that are about to enter college or looking at going into college, um, beyond the mental preparation of the dogmatic principles being forced upon them across all college campuses across the world, it's not just the United States, but every college um, now has this the social justice indoctrination courses. Um, many other people have covered these courses. Some places actually have it mandatory uh, that they attend these classes before they can graduate. There are some colleges that are like that. So um, how can you know? How can you tell? It's not like you can pull up their curriculum coursework for a certain class or field that they have this new mandatory class. You don't know if they're going to change those policies down the school year. And, and suddenly just the, your kids now have to take uh, a gender studies degree and if they're a white male child, um, suddenly they're taught how to hate themselves because the entire world's problems are the problems of, uh, are caused by the white man, which is absolutely amazing and completely arrogant. So to start off, um, the normal points of college shopping, um, you need to look for a school that has degrees in the particular field or interest. So I'm going to stick to the STEM sciences because it seems that three of my four children are most interested in the STEM fields. My daughter wants to be um, a marine biologist. My eldest son wants to go into nuclear physics. My youngest son wants to be an engineer, um, uh, either electrical or structural or mechanical, not sure what, but he wants to uh, clearly design or, or do something maybe with art even, where he could be designing things like buildings and structures as well, or vehicles, who knows. He's, he's still kind of young, so quite open for him to decide. So the first thing you need to do is prepare them to seek out their interests. I don't recommend to any parent that they should tell their kids to go into a certain field because that's where the money's at. The most important thing in a career is doing what you love, not doing what makes you money. You can survive on your, on your own or, or with somebody else. Um, if you go and do things that you love, certainly like arts and, and some other degrees like that, you're not going to get far with those pottery. For example, you get a bachelor's in pottery. You're not going to be able to make money off of that. So if, when I say you should study the things you love, I, I mean, be realistic. You can have hobbies that you love to do. But hobbies shouldn't be something that you work in and make money off of. When I say work what you love, you, you tend to gravitate toward things you like to do. So say you like to be 
the center of attention and you like to speak a lot and you you're very sociable and that type of thing. There's no reason that you couldn't go into a political science major and learn how to go win an election and be somebody that's in the front screen. Also, you could be a journalist that goes out there and talks to people on the street randomly. You could be uh, a news anchor, for example. There's a lot of different places to go with that, and it all depends on what your interest is. For me, it was interest in computers and technology, because when I was growing up, it was emerging. It was fairly new. DOS 6 just came out, for example. Um, I jumped into the IT field uh, professionally, working as a night shift graveyard technician uh, when Windows 95 came out, just to give you an example of how much I've enjoyed IT work. Um, So uh, you find something that you're interested in and that you enjoy, um, but try not to work a hobby. Try to work something you enjoy, though, Otherwise, you're, you're not going to enjoy any job that you have that comes out of your degree. Not to say that the degree you get will end up being the job that you actually work, because there's also opportunities that may, have crossed, may cross your path that change your career. But we're going to talk about those now. We're focusing in on strictly education. Some people have argued that education isn't actually all that necessary, that anything you want to learn, you can learn on the street. Um, that is kind of true. There's so much information on YouTube. Wikipedia has tons of information, although I wouldn't trust it as far as I could throw it. Um, There's also other websites that seem to have some credible information. But nothing surpasses a good teacher or a good mentor. He knows everything. You're stuck learning lots of things from multiple people. In, in this case, what you should be doing is finding your passion and going to study your degree at a college or university that you would love. So in preparing for that, there's, there's some certain things you need to look up. For example, you could look up the college rating of uh, any particular college. There's a... Uh, a government website that you could go to to look all the information up as far as uh, how much it costs, uh, location, how big the size is, uh, student to teacher ratio, that type of thing. It's called scorecard or collegescorecard.ed.gov. And I believe this only pertains to the United States, um, but it is possible to look up uh, your your country's particular Department of Education, and they should have something similar. This is a ed.gov is the U.S. Department of Education. They have listings of universities and um, how much tuition costs per university. Usually it only covers the public ones, but you can also look up private uh, schools in here. Um, it helps you find um, Pell Grants. It helps you find other free money. Uh, It also gives you additional information for starting school late. Like I did, for example, I I didn't start college until I was well into my 20s. 
late doctorate. So there's tons of information out there to help you pick out a, a school. But then you got to start paying attention to what college campus is like and what their experience may be. And this is where we get into the plague that is social justice in these locations. So one thing is in common for all of these groups that seem hell-bent on separating people into group mentality and focusing on people's differences and then segregating differences based on social outgrouping and ingrouping, the social justice idiocy and the uh, associated groups that are all Marxist ideological thinking are notorious and have taken a great root in all of college campuses. Well, a majority of them anyways. And that brings me to the next point of what we see on campuses now and why should we care? For example, um, Milo Yiannopoulos, many people know him as the provocateur, the gay Jewish Christian Catholic um, victim of pedophilia that people have grown to love and hate. He's been deplatformed multiple times. People have rioted just to stop him from speaking. And one place that this happened was UC Berkeley. He was also scheduled to speak at the University of Washington, and somebody got shot there because the people that were trying to get in were being punched in the face by the fascists that called themselves the Antifa. And one of them happened to have brass knuckles on. And so he punched somebody in the face, and they pulled out a gun and shot the guy. Clearly, they weren't thinking things through when they go and assault people just for trying to attend a talk. And this is happening all over the place. There's been riots upon riots. The police have been called numerous times. You can see video after video. It's all online. These idiot college students, some of them don't even actually go to that college, are out there fighting in the streets. There's a, there's a new uh, thing that happened. One of the ladies that um, organized the UC Berkeley, for example, is in fact a teacher. Hopefully not anymore because they're high, they've hired a, a fascist that associates herself with the Antifa, which happen to be either anarcho-socialists or Marxists, however you want to put it. Um, and if they're national socialists, what she doesn't seem to be, she looks seems to be a global socialist. Um, and if she's a global socialist, then uh, she's right next to what, the National Socialists would have been, uh, but I digress. The, uh, the college campuses have a lot of crazy crap going on, and they're all over the news, and it seems to be every weekend or every time somebody wants to go and speak at a, a facility or the student body invites somebody, uh, there's a protest or there's a demonstration or they go in and disrupt it and are just loud and obnoxious. Or somebody gets hurt. Um, no one's died yet that I know of. But the one at Berkeley, for example, somebody got beat down, knocked out in the street. And then they just walked up and started hitting him with a shovel after he was out cold in the middle of the street. 
Um, and these are somebody's kids, by the way, which is the most disturbing thing of all, that somebody's kids are out there beating down people and acting like little fascists. And it's, it's just absolutely disturbing. So how can you avoid all this? That's, that's really where I want to go. Because you don't want to attend a college that has this type of mentality that wants to silence people using violence. You don't want to go to a college that promotes safe spaces because then your child will not learn anything. And what I mean by that is you can never learn something if your own ideas are not questioned. If you go into a school just prepare to learn um, junk facts that might help you do a certain thing, but then uh, you step into the real world where you meet multiple different people from dis- disparate locations or disparate chains of thought, and not everybody agrees with you, and you freak out. Um, going to HR is not going to be your only solution, especially when you lie about things and it's caught on camera or something, and you're the one that ends up getting fired. You end up screwing up your own future, um, and it's it's fairly evident that this is where it's going. So there's a few tools that you can look up to um, try to navigate finding a school. Beyond uh, Scorecard EdGov, which just gives you information, general information about pricing and how much it costs to go to school and that type of thing. But there are a few key things that you should look up that will help understand where this is coming from and where your kids should or should not go. At this point in time, I would recommend staying away from every Ivy League school. I never went to an Ivy League school myself. I went to an adult education center. Uh, University of Phoenix is where I went. Um, A lot of my colleagues ended up going there because we started late. We couldn't go to the regular uh, ground campus because we already had a family or we already had a career. We just needed that it's a paper to step up the chain. And uh, it, it's become, become insane. And it, and it seems to be starting at the Ivy League schools, the ones that are the most prestigious. It'd be nice if the alumni just cut funding to all the schools and make them bleed out of their own stupidity. But uh, just to give you an example, um, there was a piece written February of this year um, after the, it was from the Hill, is after protests and riots, free speech is missing in action on college campuses. And it starts with a picture of the fascists covering their face, hiding their identity. Uh, called the Antifa, and a sign held up saying, out of Berkeley, Nazi scum. Knowing full well that none of these idiots know what a Nazi is, or else they wouldn't be holding that sign because they're acting like Nazis. Um, The term that's used around them is special snowflake to mock students that can't handle his ideas that disagree with them. The idea is that with the special, special snowflake metaphor is that they're presented with a um, argument or whatnot that's 
rather heated. They don't agree with it. So they get inflammatory and they basically melt under pressure. They have nothing to back them up and they go straight to um, emotional argument almost every time. So at Berkeley, for example, um, the place has been torched. The place has been destroyed a couple times. And it's all because of these idiot fascist um, rioting protesters. Ironically, shutting people down in what was the home of free speech to begin with, when things were once attempted to be silenced by the government, they fought back, and now they're the ones trying to shut everybody up. It's, it's a horrible irony. Another example is uh, DePaul University, which is not exactly Ivy League, but it's a very racist university that I've heard. Uh, they have shut down people that aren't black. They've trained people to be um, completely racist there. Um, I've read course curriculum where it says that whiteness is the source of all the problems of black people and that uh, you, as a black person, you cannot be racist. Um, I'm planning on doing a different episode for that particular topic, but for now, let's, let's go over it. Um, DePaul University has shut down two conservative speakers um, because they're inflammatory and for safety concerns. Um, they've threatened to arrest certain people that were invited to speak. Um, there have been people that have been arrested for handing out pocket versions of the U.S. Constitution at other colleges. There, is, there was a, a uh, the student supporting group of Israel at the UC Irvine campus, University of California, Irvine. Uh, the pro-Palestinian group shut them down using violence. So they were fascists uh, because they didn't like the pro-Israel speaker. And since Donald Trump, this, shit, this, this stuff has just gone nuclear. It's been insane. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen this type of behavior in such a very long time. Um, and it, the L.A. riots were the last time I've seen something this nuclear, and that was more understandable than anything. So... Um, Another example, the New York University um, had one of their speakers, Gavin McGinnis, interrupted. Eleven people were arrested at that one because they used pepper spray in Gavin's face. And they assaulted several people trying to attend. And not only did they show up, but they, they completely tried to shut people down. The problem is, unique. Uh, the uh, United States has something very unique that other countries don't have that comes down to it. And this comes in relation to trying to pick a university. And that's particularly to free speech. There's, there's an argument that says that free speech is, is any speech. And there should be no 
um, recourse for letting anyone say whatever the hell they want. Be it good, bad, or something you agree with or something you don't agree with. Something repugnant, like pedophiles being permitted to speak about man-boy love association or something disgusting like that. Or... For, uh, for example, Trump supporters, they can say whatever they want, um, even if the guy's an idiot. However, anything that they want to say, um, the argument that is being presented is free speech doesn't mean free of consequences. And if you say something people don't like, they're going to riot, they're going to fight. Which is um, insane. Because you don't like something somebody else says, you're going to beat people up, set the place on fire. Spoiled children do the same thing. When their parents tell them no, they throw a massive temper tantrum, throw things around, hit their parents sometimes, and uh, think they'll get away with that type of violent, stupid behavior. And uh, the... the, uh, free speech that we have in the United States is not reflective of other countries where they have hate speech laws. In the United States, there are provisions about hate speech. They're very vague. Um, They're not very indicative, but none of them are allowed to conflict with the Americans' First Amendment, which is the freedom of speech, has no restrictions by the government. Anybody can say whatever the hell they want. That includes hate speech. So this whole movement is about words that hurt people are violence. So therefore, they return violence with violence. Essentially, if somebody says something that they don't seem to think is good, so it's offensive in some fashion, they will shut down. They will harass, they will use violence, they will attack, essentially. They also make the safe spaces so that you can protect yourself from microaggressions and other speech issues that are absolutely retarded. Essentially, free speech is now not free because there can be consequences and they make it sure that you have those consequences. Hate speech in, in its own is um, anything that somebody is offensive. So you could say something offensive to somebody else. I'm sure I've already said something on the podcast that somebody thinks is offensive. And they will try to shut you down. They, as in the social justice, the feminists, the Black Lives Matters, and the fascists. I'm not going to call them Antifa because that name is the antithesis of what they are. That is an oxymoron for all I'm concerned. They are fascists. They aren't Antifa. They're just fascists. The pho. But that would insult one of the best Vietnamese dishes out there. So I don't want to do that. So... I'm not sure how else to put this, but the insanity now has the group fighting against it. 
And this might be a second stop after you pick out um, career uh, development, after you pick out kind of course curriculum, after you pick out what type of things you're, you're, you want your child to, to view. You need to start and end paying attention to the news. For example, there are two campuses that I know of that have the, have the deans of the university, the head of the university, come out and say that they're not going to do safe spaces on their campus. They are not tolerated. One of them recently came under fire, and I believe it was the uh, uh, Northern Arizona University, I believe it was, that the uh, dean came out and said, no, I'm not going to do this shit. You're here to be challenged and you're here to learn. If you don't want to learn and you don't want to be challenged, go somewhere else. And their student body, some of them, uh, decided to protest and riot and demand a resignation uh, because they didn't get away. In other words, through a temper tantrum, through a fit. Probably did some threat notes and whatnot. That seems to be the fun thing to do nowadays is threaten to kill somebody. Anonymously, of course. But uh, nothing's ever anonymous working in IT for as long as I have, I can tell you that it would take me no longer than 15 minutes to find anyone's identity and find out exactly where they live. And if they're dumb enough, I could probably find out their geographical location, latitude and longitude, and pinpoint them on a map in real time. But it all depends. But that's not, that's not the issue here. What you really want to do is you want to start looking for campuses that are opposed to the safe spaces that are opposed to the diversity councils that are essentially a group to say non-white, no whites allowed, essentially racist groups in the guise of a diversity. And uh, there is one new group that I'd like to promote out there that I've come across in the last month or so watching a few episodes of one of my favorite shows uh, called Identity or no, excuse me, Identity um, Intelligence Squared. It's a debate show that I, I would recommend where they do formal debates and have experts on both sides of the field and they have a real discussion and it's the the moderator's unbiased. It's very professional. It's, it's very much worth watching. There was one I watched where they were discussing give Trump a chance and the special snowflake brigade was all up in that thing. It was the most annoying thing to watch. Of course, the ones that wanted to give Trump, Trump a chance um, argued poorly, unfortunately, um, and essentially lost. Which is understandable. No one wants to give Trump a chance. I don't. I don't really want to give him a chance either. But I can't exactly have him impeached. I didn't vote for him. I've written to my congressman, but that guy's a kiss ass. He ain't gonna do anything. So, anyways, the new site that I want you guys to check out is called the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Individual rights is what I want to point out. They are not a group social think organization. They focus on the individual's rights to say and do whatever they want to say. A site dedicated 
to the opposing of any and all speech codes on university campuses. They they have been a large advocacy group, and it's rather impressive what they have done. Now, on their site, if you go to the resources section, you can go down and find... Uh, is it the... No. It's the Campus Rights School Ratings. It's the first link there. Campus Rights and School Ratings. If you go down in here, you can do a search um, for campuses that you're looking for to see what kind of codes they may have, what type of things that may have happened on their campus. And it doesn't really go into the riots. It doesn't go into anything else like that. But it will tell you that if there's groups on campus that are deliberately trying to shut people up and uh, silence any opposing views or ideas. Something that definitely wants to be avoided. So I can tell you right now that pretty much all Ivy League schools are going to be reds. Um, they do it by traffic lights, reds or yellows. And uh, they're not worth a dime anymore. Uh, aside from getting your name associated with Berkeley, um, my personal opinion at this point would be not to associate my name with either one of those schools or any of the Ivy League schools for the mere fact that they are promoting the most dumbest ideologies out there. They wouldn't be worth my time or effort. Plus I wouldn't be afraid to be associated to anything going on. Cause if somebody said, well, where did you went to school? I went to Yale. Oh man. Did you hear what happened on Yale the other day? They had a riot because a uh, teacher told their students that they, uh, that the, uh, that they should think about, um, all nationalities or something like that. And uh, the teacher, oh, wait, yeah, that was Yale, where the teacher was shut down and shouted out and then eventually quit after tenure, and the wife quit as well because they um, sent out an email about, I think it was Halloween costumes. Feel free to wear whatever you want and be fully expressive of yourself. And people had issues with that. Yeah. So what you want to look for on this website, Campus Rights, it's thefire.org is the uh, website you want to check out. And you go to Campus Rights and School Ratings. And you go down in the School Ratings, and I want to point out a few things in this list, in this list that are pretty interesting to me. Because some of them are really, really good schools, which is surprising. For example, right off the top, Arizona State University, ASU. That's actually a school I was trying to look at going to to get um, a second doctorate in psychology. Um, they are a public school. They have a green rating. It's also one of the schools where the dean has come out and said, I'm not going to do safe spaces. I'm not going to do any of this other BS, and you're not going to get me fired because you can't fire me, so suck up, buttercup. And that type of bullshit attitude is exactly what the university needs. People need to be exposed to new ideas, and your child needs to be exposed to new ideas. And if they aren't, they're not going to learn anything, and they will, they will not function in the, new, in the real world where they have a boss that will be a conservative, and they don't agree with anything that's said. So if they try to decry safe space microaggression bullshit while they're at their job, they'll get fired. For example, 
those that went on the women's march. There were several women that were fired for the Day Without Women um, protest. Several people were dumb enough just to declare, I'm not showing up for work, and they all got fired. The Day Without Immigrants protest, where several immigrants decided to not show up. I know of one case where 60 people were fired from the same employer because all 60 of them left and he had a major deadline and they, he said, don't go. We have a deadline that's in three weeks. If you guys leave, it's going to set off everything and uh, it's going to come out of my pocket. And he basically is a private business. You know, he's had like 90 employees. It was a very small constru- uh, construction company and that type of attitude will get him fired. Well, if they maintain this type of anti-speech um, oppressive Olympic tardation, that's exactly what gonna, is going to happen. So look for the greens in this site. Arizona State University also a place where they have a great physics department. How do I know this? Uh, it just so happens that that's also the same place. Um, that a great physicist goes to what is his name uh has have his face in my head and i can never remember his name why is that (laughs) i'm I'm gonna have to google him um What is his name? What is his name? Why can't I remember his name? I'm so horrible. Every good atheist knows this guy's name. (laughs) That's what it is. Lawrence Krauss. Why could I not remember his name? I feel like an idiot. So... He's the foundation professor, and he's also in charge of the cosmology, particle, and astrophysics department at ASU. So, we know he's a skeptic, and we know he's very critical of religion, for example, and that includes Islam. He has no love for Islam. So, clearly, his views are not going to be very liked by the social justice brigade who thinks Islam is the greatest thing on the planet, which is another retardation we'll get into in a different show. But ASU, for example, is one of those schools that are on the list that you should think about. Now, the problem with ASU is so it's like 120 degree weather in the summer, so you could leave for the summer and come back. Um, of course, they'd also have issues with uh, residency if they did that. Um, it's a very hot con- uh, state. Uh, Going to University of Phoenix, I had to do my residencies um, out in in Phoenix itself. And I can tell you, in a building that had the AC on 24-7, it was still 75 in the building. And when you went outside, it was 90 and dry. I'm talking zero humidity. Uh, In all the years I've ever been to Arizona, I've only seen it rain there once. And it rained there for about 15 minutes. And it was insane. Like everybody lost their freaking minds. Like everyone outside. It was a weird experience. Like everybody just kind of stepped outside and was like, oh, that feels so great. And they're getting rained on it. It was hot rain. 
It was it was very bizarre. Black Hill State University. This is in South Dakota. That one also has a green rating. I actually know nothing about that school, but it sounds like it might be. If it's in South Dakota, it might be a, a, there might be petroleum uh, engineering up in there. Uh, it might be another one that you would want to look at if you do paleontology, because there's a lot of uh, dinosaur uh, sites, uh, excavation sites in that area. So that might be another thing that's over there. And uh, let's go down the list some more. Carnegie Mellon University. It's in Pittsburgh. That's actually a pretty good school from what I've heard. Cleveland State. Duke is on this list. Now that I would think surprising because I know many people from Duke that have their head squarely between their buttocks. But Duke has a green rating at this point. So it's one of those schools that you could probably go to that wouldn't rot your child's brain. Eastern Kentucky is another one. Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania, George Mason University, Georgetown College, Indiana University or Purdy University, whichever one you want to call it. It's in Fort Wayne, Mississippi State, Oregon State, Plymouth State. Purdue is also listed as the independent school. And then there's Purdue University Northwest, uh, Shippensburg University of Pennsylvania, State University of New York, and the list goes on and on and on. There's quite a few. You can hit more schools. University of Chicago is one of those ones where those that were newly accepted to the university, the dean sent out the letter and said, thank you for joining our college. Glad to see you here. See you in spring semester. Oh, by the way, there are no safe spaces and they're not allowed on campus, nor are there any um, Places that you can go and hide and any of these advocacy groups that think that they can shut people up are not allowed and permitted. So the University of Chicago is another one that I saw some lettering on, some information on that I fully support. I thought was absolutely just novel. And with these green locations, let's talk about the red ones for a little bit, shall we? Because they're very, very disturbing. In December 2016, there was a opinion piece written on Forbes' website. And it was called A Marxist Education and Hypersensitivity as a Cause of Violence on American Campuses. And one of the things that I, I wanted to, I just want to read some of this out to you because it's absolutely insane. With the rise across America of campuses, protests, commencement speakers, disinvitation, safe spaces and microaggressions, and the deprivations of free speech, generally the public is beginning to learn just how intolerant a growing number of colleges and universities have become. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the colleges and universities, but so much as the students' bodies themselves and some of the professors that are absolutely insane. The Nonpartisan Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, who is also mentioned in this, recently issued the latest national study titled Spotlight on Speech Codes in 2017, the State of Free Speech on Our Nation's Campuses. It finds that 39.6% of the 449 colleges and universities that Allen analyzed maintain policies that seriously infringe upon the free speech rights of students. So, these policies 
which fire is uh, fighting against, essentially make it so uh, they have speech codes on campus. You can't wear certain uh, outfits on campus for New Year's or or for um, for uh, Halloween, that type of thing. The the stuff that we hear about that is just batshit crazy. So it continues and says, the public has yet to glean a psychological connection between the hypersensitivity studiously cultivated on campus and the inclination to commit violent acts. This point has been largely missed in the ongoing debate whether many of the campus's protesters come to college already hypersensitive or have made that way by faculty and administrators. An example of this debate is uh, Judas Shulzovich in College Hiding from Scary Ideas. Which responded to by Phoebe Maltzvold, don't blame the students for being hypersensitive, blame colleges. So one of the things that I think is absolutely just stupid, and I hate it when some of these bigger publications actually have video ads in their stupid site. They need to stop doing that. So if you heard the audio come up, I apologize. That's their dumbass site for doing that. But essentially there is a culture on college campuses that has been cultivated from the do no harm to children ideologies that came before it. I I do believe I have no evidence of this yet. Uh, there have been a few studies um, on the subject, but no one's done a real big deeper dive into these into these people. But I have a feeling that's what it is. So essentially, um, there is a group where they all got participation. They all had inclusive. It was all about inclusivity, and it was all about. Um, not learning how to lose and not learning how to challenge yourself or be different ideas. It was just about being safe and free from stress, essentially. And uh, it's infected college. And then infection of college has been... Uh, felt at the Ivy Leagues first because it seems to be that the ones that experience this first is not the ones that are in strife, the ones that are fighting from the gutter up, as it were, but the ones that already have it made. So the parents already put them in places where they just get bolstered up and never learn how to lose. But once they're confronted with this, uh, they react just like a spoiled child would throw things around, punch at people, act violently, spit, curse, whatever. Ironically, spoiled children is a perfect example of this because it's exactly what children do when they don't get their way. So if they hear an idea that doesn't fit their narrative and they don't like it and it makes them feel bad, the reason why people say words are violence. Certain words are violence, and that's why hate speech matters. 
are the same people that think because they're victimized and they're attacked verbally, they can attack back physically because they're hurt. So it's a complete emotional response. And violence is, aggressive behavior is emotionally responsive. It's not something that people logically do. They don't think necessarily to go plot out and kill people. Um, Politically, that might happen, but it's usually any aggressive and physical behavior that comes to uh, aggressive and acts of violence are largely rooted in emotional thinking. Um, Anybody that feels like looking up uh, violent behavior in, in studies of inmates will find that the the inmates incarcerated for the most violent behavior did so typically either because they were drunk and had no uh, emotional control or they're on something and had no emotional control or uh, were put in a situation where it started as an argument and later resulted into violence because of emotional responses. Um, typically what you see. And uh, when you see the kids on campus acting in such a way that they get hurt feelings because they hear things that they don't want to hear, so they decide to torch the place instead of confronting them with words, the, uh, the result is a messed up situation that you see on college campuses because that's where all these kids end up. So another example that happened, uh, this this actually was written in uh, April 5th, and it's uh, something that happened actually, obviously pretty recently, and it's their, uh, this is the one I just mentioned actually, North Arizona University, demanding their president, Rita Chang, step down after students her opinion on these spaces and got an answer that they didn't like. So during a forum, uh, one of the people asked, how can you promote safe spaces if you don't take action in situations of injustice, such as last week when we had the preachers on campus, he was promoting hate speech against marginalized students, as well as not speaking out against racist incidents like blackface two months ago by student workers who followed no by no reform and no repercussions. And it uh, goes on to read, while Kramer, uh, which was the person that asked this question, expected a softball response from her school's president, what she actually got was a heaping dose of real life, which of, of course, immediately triggered every snowflake within the earshot of the president's microaggression, as this whole thing is worded out. As a university professor, I'm not sure I have any support for at all for all safe spaces. I think you as a student have a deep have to develop the skills to be successful in this world and that we need to provide you with the opportunity for discourse and debate and dialogue in the academic inquiry. And I'm not sure that that has any correlation with the notion of safe space as I've seen it. So what happened after that is uh The students, 
that is a part of the NAU, the Northern Arizona University, uh, have a student action coalition. And they wrote out on their Facebook page, protest against NAU administration and President Chang. There have been too many microaggressions and bigoted actions that have taken place on campus and social media that had threatened the safety and livelihood of our current student population and administration is nothing about it. We protest today at blah, blah, blah. And here's the kicker. At the, at the end of it, it says, please show solidarity by showing up wearing all black, no club affiliated gear. This is a student issue and appreciate your support. And that shows everybody but a black fist. NAU blackout, it's what it was called. So these protesters came out there trying to show solidarity, and what was entertaining is uh, is uh, they decided to protest, and it didn't really end up very... well for them i would say but this is what happened so uh local news agencies in arizona state uh started questioning what does president chang think about any usac asking for her resignation if she does not provide a safe space for all students NAU is safe creating segregated spaces for different groups on our campus only leads to misunderstanding trust and reduces the opportunity for discussion engagement and education around diversity our classrooms and campuses, our classrooms and our campuses is a place for engagement and respect, a place to learn from each other. NAU is committed to the atmosphere that is conductive to teaching and learning. Does she only bring up diversity and equality on campus when it opens up the when it opens up the school for grant and fund eligibility? So they try to attack the money. President Chang has been addressed diversity and equality in her own words and actions since the day she arrived at NAU. Her leadership in advocating for students. And the success is reflecting the fact that enrollment mirrors the diversity of our state. And then the next question, is she willing to sit down with any USC representatives, if she hasn't done so already, to hear the concerns and see what she can do to address them? Yes, the president is and has been willing to meet with representative student groups. There were hundreds of people at Wednesday Forum, faculty and students. A few dozen who left missed the opportunity to hear questions of others, including several similar to theirs and the answers that followed. Uh, yeah. So essentially, this is the result. They didn't get what they want. So they threw a massive temper tantrum, threatened to show up in all black, and then since they feel that they've been aggressed and they feel they've been threatened because they didn't get the answer they want, they decide to use violence. When you wear all black and you start hiding your faces, you're asking for trouble. If it were me and I was in charge of a university, something I actually would love to do, if any of these people were students on my campus, they'd all be uh, appropriately handcuffed for disturbing the peace, and then each one of them would be immediately expelled, no longer accepted at this university. I would kick their ass out and they would never come back and they would no longer be allowed to attend that university or college. And on top of that, 
I would nullify all of their credits. So if they spent a year at this university and they decided to do this kind of bullshit and act like little infantile children and decide to make the entire university unsafe for everyone else because they didn't get the answer that they wanted, they're gone. I would ship their ass back home. They'd be on the streets. They'd be kicked out of their locations. And if they, if they didn't like that tough crap, I'd be calling the parents as well and say, your kid has been expelled for violent behavior. And, uh, Come get them, because that kind of crap is not acceptable here. That would be the end of it, from my point of view. The media would get on my case and be like, look, I'm not going to entertain spoiled little brats who, who thinks, seem to think that they can dictate terms. It's plain and simple. So I applaud Northern Arizona University. Uh, some of the other... It's not on the list here for uh, greens, at least on the first page. But Arizona State is. So I think Arizona in general is doing something right when it comes to university campuses. And it's things like that in the uh, pages of the Internet that you should look out for that will help you determine what a good college is and where you should send your kids. So in the last couple minutes of this podcast, I would like to uh, pull up a couple links and tell you where to go to um, try to find a a good college for your kids. Uh, First one, collegescorecard.ed.gov. This is the Department of Education, help you try to find uh, four-year schools with good outcomes, that type of thing. Next thing you should do is go to directly to that college's website to see if they have the um, the degree your child's looking for, because that's always important, right? You got to make sure that they can study what they're interested in. I'd also suggest that you do not promote. Uh, just to repeat again, you do not promote them to take a degree in STEM if they don't want to. Have them do something that they're interested in and they love, not necessarily a hobby. You don't want to study a hobby. You want to study that you something they can be passionate about and like to do that is career-oriented, something that returns things to society, in other words, something that, that helps their fellow man, if, as it were. Next, go to thefire.org, thefire, F-I-R-E, dot org. There you can find all sorts of information on uh, where the student networks are, um, things you can connect to for the student in the locations. Um, If there is issues and they happen to already be in college, they can request help through this. And what they do is they have a team of lawyers that will get on the back of the case and uh, take it up up the chain of events if they have to. There's also the uh, school ratings that I showed you where they do traffic light style ratings. The yellows are kind of okay. You got to see what's going on there. Greens are by all means, probably the best. And then look at the teachers in that area. If you know some of them, they're prominent skeptical people. Go there. So I don't know if it just cut me off or not, but It said I had a minute left, and now it says recording left, and I'm no longer on air. So this must be the after-hours show. (laughs) 
wow. So a couple of things that I'm going to be talking about when it comes up in the next podcast. This is usually what I cover in my uh, uh, after-hour shows. Uh, the next one coming up is the modifying of a, uh, definitions. That's the, the one coming up in, later this, this month. Uh, there's also things coming up in uh, May and June that I've already planned out that should be kind of interesting. I'll, I'll be able to put those on the calendar for the podcast coming up here shortly, and you can read more about them when I post them up. Um, I also intend to cover things over on the uh, YouTube channel. Um, YouTube has had a drastic hit, hit in demonetization. I was thinking about reaching out to some people there and discussing with them if they consider a class action lawsuit or if things are incredibly bad for them, would they consider moving to a different platform and bringing all their followers with them, if that's at all possible? So there's there's a couple ways I was thinking. You, you can do direct competition with YouTube. That's not hard to do. Um, they are a rather large platform and conglomerate. There's other video hosting sites that you can do that are similar, but they don't have the ad revenue behind them like like uh, like what's their bucket? <laughs> like uh, YouTube does. So it's all a matter of finding another home for these YouTubers that they would be interested in and see if they'll jump ship. The class action lawsuit's another idea. Um, but back to the subject of education. The one other thing I didn't cover in this entire podcast is why should you care? There's a lot of things that are out there. And at the end of the day, the education itself is just a piece of paper. You, you learn some skills. You learn some things, and sometimes the lessons that you learn in the degree or over the course of your degree aren't exactly the things that you intended to learn throughout it. And that's the importance of free speech and diversity right there. And not diversity of culture or diversity of skin tone, but the diversity of thought. People from different regions and different places that think differently, that don't have the same opinions, that don't have the same viewpoints, you learn more from that than you do the textbook or anything else thereof, because nine times out of 10, you're not going to use anything out of that textbook, except for maybe a couple things, um, STEM fields aside, because STEM fields are very technical and very specific. So there are, there are additional life lessons that could be managed and handled out of a college that you don't get if you have safe spaces, microaggressions, and other bullshit that are on campus. So that's all I have for tonight. Thank you for joining me. I'll also put this up on YouTube after I'm done. And one last note is there's a new platform out there called Minds.com. It is in beta, but it should be done fairly shortly. Um, they're constantly upgrading. They're constantly updating. I'm always challenged in questions on there. I love that website so far. I've enjoyed the conversations I've had on there. And I like being challenged in at all possible. And uh, that's the most important thing. You can't always live in your intellectual bubble and think you're always right. And how are you going to know you're not right unless you get some criticism? And if that criticism is valid, maybe you should change your view. That always comes back to education. You can't learn without being challenged.
So thank you again for joining me. I hope everyone has a great night. And see you next time on the Axiom Principle.